0: It was inspirational to write because it reminded me, like, wow, you know, I do not live by myself. You know, I'm influenced by so many positive thoughts and ideas that have come from within and from the outside.
1: Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. My name is Kim O'Hara. I'm an intuitive book coach at A Story Inside And I'm interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life who have a story to tell. Do they have a book in them? Stick around and find out. Jamise Oxley is a member of Prior Cashman's intellectual property, media and entertainment, and digital media groups. She works with creatives, studios, and Facebook. Hello, with a keen and may I say calm understanding of issues. She's pragmatic, funny, and my attorney as well. She's also a new mom, and her daughter just turned one. It's so great to have you today, Jamise, and taking time out of your hectic schedule to be with us.
0: It's an absolute pleasure to do anything with you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. That's a wonderful. Thank you so much. I don't even know what to say. (laughs) Well, I am, you know, so I know that we've been sort of circling the drain on getting this, this call together. And we have so much we could talk about in the intellectual property space. But what really came up in our preliminary conversation was motherhood. And this illusion, women can't have it all. And it's one thing to be professional and have a career and get married, but it's another thing when you're invaluable and you're like, hey, I'm pregnant and you just went through this as well as bed rest. So I thought maybe you could talk through this process and what might've come up for you. Like, I think you said you didn't really feel like you were gonna be replaced or canned.
0: It's interesting because... I think that before, as a woman, before you get married or have a baby, you know, there's a lot of information about what that's supposed to look like, what it should look like, what age you're supposed to do it in, you know, what it means if you don't have these things. So I think I, like most women, was a victim to information that wasn't personal. And I found that once I was having the experience of marriage and soon to be motherhood, it really kicked in my beliefs and value systems. Um, and it really replaced a lot of the information that I was reading because I was in my own life, I was in my own story, and I now had choices to make around how I wanted this now new phase of my life. Uh to begin, I wanted to look, and you're right i didn't I didn't have the fear around being judged for having a family, having a husband um I believe that I work in an environment that um, values independence in all of those spaces.
1: And so it's a top down culture is what you're saying. I mean, women's fears, you know, are valid because they're, 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 they're there, right. They've, they've been systemically created by something, right. There's been a culture that has been damaged in that way in the work environment for women. And we've been in this wave, but I think what I'm hearing from you is it's time to, for women to stop thinking that they're in this generality and instead look at the exact situation they're in and their own thinking and their own patterns of thinking and ask, you know what? I have a brain. I'm still doing the work. The people around me still value me. I'm not even going to tap into like the fear that I'm going to be not, you know, let go because I'm on bed rest or I'm pregnant, right?
0: Right. I mean, it's always a choice um you know how you're going to view uh your own life and the story that you're going to put on someone else. For how they're perceiving you, and granted, you know this is 2020, so there have been women that have you know paved the way before me, um, particularly Black female entertainment lawyers. You know, one is a mentor of mine, Bonnie Barry Lamont, and she navigated and continues to navigate being a wife and a mother and an entertainment lawyer. She's been a partner at a law firm. She's chaired of the entertainment department at a law firm. And so I give credit to the women that have come before me that have given me tips and tools for how to uh, navigate and take care of myself along the way. And I also, you know, work in an office with um, the first female partner, of prior Cashman.
1: Wow, and that's amazing. I didn't know that
0: yeah and she has two kids, and she's married and has you know navigated the politics of corporate firm life since the beginning of her career when she started at a at a corporate firm called Paul life so I think that you know I don't live in a i don't live in isolation um and I think that as women it's very easy to to feel as though you're trying to figure it out on your own. But I think um, I've had a lot of people in my life encourage me to look around and reach out and invite people into the realness of my life and accept me for who I am.
1: Let's talk about actual negotiation. So creatives, you know, Uh, negotiation can be exciting and invigorating, especially if you have the right attitude and counsel. And I I saw you in action with my publishing contract, and I know that you're a fierce advocate for the value of creativity, but um, I was also in the movie business for a long time and I saw people get so emotional and domineering when it was about their Mm -hmm. scripts and, and, and they would mess things up. So (laughs) What do creative people need to know about the business aspect of their art, you know, without getting freaked out?
0: Right. Well, thank you for the compliment. Um, It is, you know, as an advocate, I get emotional (laughs) on behalf of the client. (laughs) And so I really understand when clients, whether you're a corporate client or a creative client, you know, you have a product or, you know, whatever it is, it could be a new piece of tech. It could be a piece of hardware. It could be a movie. It could be a piece of music, um, a television series, um, you know, a a suite of products, apparel, whatever it is, you know, you put in your quote unquote sweat equity to get to, you know, where you are and, In the place in your life where you feel as though you do need an advocate, you know, there's a deal on the table or there's people that you're working with and not quite sure who owns what or, you know, what the end game is. And so I try as an advocate and representative to sort of meet my clients where they are in their business and explain and teach as much as I can so that it never feels like. Um, I'm saying anything or taking an approach that the client doesn't understand and approve. And I find that that helps make the experience of negotiating feel more collaborative and less antagonistic. Right. Now, of course, like I come across opposing counsel that, you know, screams and yells and fights. And I've come to realize that that's a negotiation tactic and that there are still folks that. Try to sort of wear you down with um, that type of behavior and the hope that they'll just say, Forget it, I'll sign whatever you can me <laughs> just,
1: just stop yelling at me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and what's interesting is is now we're going to flip it on you for a minute, and we're going to mm-hmm. talk about you as a creative. And Uh, (laughs) I know that there's a book that you want to write. You've mentioned to me some ideas, and I know that before, you know, marriage and the baby, and you were doing some writing. Tell me what happened to your writing? Where did it go?
0: Oh, it's in my computer. It didn't go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's funny because my 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 husband reminds me almost daily that I'm a creative. And I tend to forget that that's that that's where I come from. Like my my background is on the stage. Like I grew up seeing and dancing and doing theater and producing theater, and and that's where I first learned how to come alive, um, and express myself. And I think that I put that energy into you know my professional life, and I began to carve out space for my creative life you know, in this, in this book I started to write and the inspiration for the book came out of, um, okay, there's some, you know, quotes and ideas and thoughts either that I've come up with or that other people have given me that have influenced and impacted my life in a particular way. So I began to write, um, to list those quotes, ideas, thoughts. And then underneath the quote or idea or thought, to write the description of where I was in the moment, what happened, and um, how I've used that in my life to propel me forward in some way, or or give me some ammunition to keep going. Right. So it was in, it was an inspirational to write because it reminded me like wow you know I do not live by myself you know I'm influenced by. So many positive thoughts and ideas um, that have come from within and from the outside, and then Oprah came out with her book, um, which the name is escaping me now, but it essentially has the same premise, and it's a New York Times bestseller. And I thought, oh shoot, of course she would come up with, this. of course she would do this, and I don't think that 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 stopped me from continuing to write, but I certainly thought, well you know, that's been done. Maybe I have another idea in my sleeve. But after, you know, talking to you about this, you reminded me that there is space. There's always space. So I want to take you up on this and my husband and continue to tap into my creative self because I, I miss it. I love it. It's part of me. And I'm always seeking to share more of myself with people around me.
1: Yes. And you're a unique you. There's no one like you. So your book is gonna sound no, a lot different you. than Oprah's book. I mean, you grew up in a different right. way, you Right. I right. mean, just so many just knowing you and the way that you approach your life and you know, the kind of hugger you are. I mean, on a personal level, when I first met you and you hugged me and then I wanted to stop hugging and you didn't let me stop hugging was one of the most (laughs) seminal moments of my life. Like, why will this woman not stop hugging me? And it's because you want people to feel the full scope and breadth of your love. And that Mm -hmm. is not something people would normally relate to. A high powered entertainment attorney in the IP space working for major mm-hmm. conglomerates in Los Angeles. They would not, mm-hmm. hopefully, I'm not blowing your cover here by saying you're an amazing hugger. <laughs> and I think that you're being like really on. Like, I knew you were a beautiful singer. And I've heard you sing and I, 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 I forget. And I'm so grateful that your husband reminds you you're an artist because I know you're also, you know, you love your profession and you love helping other artists. But I think we forget as business women to cultivate right. that artist side of ourselves.
0: I do. I do. I, I really try to uh, just put my best foot forward. Um, regardless of the outcome, because if I'm, if I'm in the outcome, I've already, I've lost, I've lost so much <laughs> because I, I I've, I've completely taken myself out of, out of the deal, out of the conversation, out of the relationship with someone, out of the journey. Um, and I've become obsessed with whatever the picture is. And what I've, what I have, what I have learned in something, like one of the you know entries in, my book, it talks about um, not edging God out of
1: mm-hmm.
0: your journey. And I find that when I am in the outcome and in my expectations with how I think something's going to turn out, I really miss, I miss the little moments of joy, of pleasure, of learning,
1: You know, while we have women that we can look up to, like you mentioned, several women that have, you know, paved the path for you, this isn't necessarily anymore about a women's empowerment movement. This is really about just a a global consciousness about what you are talking Mm -hmm. about, about people letting Mm -hmm. go of what they think other people are supposed to do and changing Mm -hmm. that, going in, you know to this next phase that we're going to go into post-coronavirus, which is what we're in right now. It's a strange time.
0: So It is. It is. It's a strange time. And there are um, a lot of other social ills that we're being um, challenged to face and accept. Um, and it is never easy to see um racism in action you know, sexism in action homophobia in action you know all of the ills of our society before us and we are charged with with taking action you know doing our part to make a difference you know not sitting sitting idly by and i think that you know thinking about a, being a professional and being a woman in this world there's a lot to do, and I do feel empowered and also powerless sometimes to continue to push the needle forward for myself and my family and for the next generation of women, just like the women that have come before me have done for me and do for me today mm-hmm. you know, opportunities mm-hmm. and um ways to shine. You know, everyone needs to someone else to help them shine. I don't think we we do it alone. And you know, I think Kim, you are one of my uh one of the women in my life that helps me shine. Like oh. just even doing this podcast with you and revisiting the seriousness that I felt at one time writing writing my book. That that, you know, we have a a unique relationship in many, many ways, but that you are one of the women in my life that continues to push me forward and to be an, and is an example of of being a mother being a businesswoman
1: Jamise, it's been so amazing having this conversation with you and i really appreciate you coming on the show
0: thank you for having me i really appreciate it this has been so good for my soul
1: you've been listening to you should write a book about that to make sure you never miss an episode find us and subscribe to itunes stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts if you'd like to know more about how to write a book check us out at astoryinside.com